Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast brought to you by Gulliver's Sports Travel. I'm Ben James and today I'm joined by rugby writer Simon Thomas and a very special guest, Cardiff Blues and Wales flanker Ellis Jenkins. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Ellis. How are you doing? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very Isn't good. it lovely to have someone who knows what they're talking about sat next to me rather than Andy? <laughs> oh, what, a, what a privilege. What a privilege. I wouldn't speak too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Seconds in, we're already getting digs in at the uh, absent Andy house. So, um, first of all, Ellis, let's talk about your season because it's been, been a bit of a mixed bag, but... Um, it's, it's, it's ending on, on quite a high, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it didn't get off to, to the best start, really. Um, I've, I felt really good after pre-season. But I was really excited for, um, obviously, just come off the come off the summer tour. Um, I felt like I'd uh, put in some really good work in pre-season and then to go and sort of rip my hamstring off the bone in the first, first pre-season game was a bit frustrating, really, especially if, if you know, I felt confident, I felt like I was playing well and... Um, sort of you're back to square one then really so it was tough watching the first first couple of months of the season especially we didn't get off to the, to the best start and watching games that you think you could have an impact in um, sort of not go our way was, was frustrating um, but it was just about trying to get back you know, back to full fitness for me as, as soon as possible and um, you know, it was nice to be able to get back on the field just before the, the turn of the year. I spoke to you a couple of times during that, what was it, four months? And it, it was a long old haul, wasn't it? And a pretty uncomfortable injury. I mean, the phrase ripping the hamstring off the bone speaks in for itself. <laughs> but, I mean, um, you presumably had a surgery then, did you, in a long period? What did it involve on a day-to-day basis once you'd had the surgery? Were you, were you mobile for a long time after that? Yeah, so I had to go to London for the... Um, for the surgery is a, a specialist called uh, Faris Haddad who sort of does all all sort of sports hamstring injuries really um, so the first six weeks is total rest um, because you've got to wait for the tendon to just heal basically yeah. um, and then obviously after the six weeks of, of no movement at all in your hamstring you've got a lot of muscle to try and put back on yes. um, get rid of the, obviously where they've made the incision is a lot of scar tissue and yeah. uh, damage so you just got to try and repair that and get back um, you know your movement patterns really and get your body sort of switches off to try and protect the injury so it's trying to sort of get out of that um, habit and try and get back back moving and strength get as, as strong as you can uh, before you can start worrying about running and getting back up to playing fitness really so there's lots of um, you know sort of uh, work with the physio, just trying to strengthen up my hamstring, put some put some muscle back on, and and then uh, you know there's obviously uh, it, it went really well to start with, and then you, you always get when you come yeah. back from long term injuries, there's always sort of hiccups. But you know, I felt like I was a couple of weeks maybe later than I wanted to come to come back and play, uh, but it was it was nice to play some sort of part in in the derbies or Christmas. Do you and the other boys that? And now we reach the conclusion that it's just an occupational hazard. There are so many injuries in the game now. You're going to pick one up, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. There's not many people these days who can go, um, you know, go a season, if not, you know, if not a couple of seasons, without without having some sort of injury um, that requires either an extensive period of rehab or or some uh, some surgery. But yeah, like you said, it's it's just part of the game. It's the, the way it is these days. That You've got to be uh, physical to compete, and it's unfortunately part, uh, you know, just part of the risk risk that you take. But yeah. it's you know, it's, it's why we uh, we all we all know that it's, it's why we play the game really. So, yeah. so how is the hamstring sort of holding up in games now? Is it all right? Does it cause you any sort of pain? Or um, it's just I still like I said, it, it takes it's going to take a while I think to get back to full uh, full strength, full fitness. So 
Um, when I sort of got back playing, uh, the plan was to maybe sort of ease, ease me in a little bit, and then uh, Nick Williams went down after 11 minutes, and I ended up playing playing 70 minutes against the Scarlets, which is not probably not the best uh, game to come back into. But um, it's just going to take a while, I think, just to get back up to to full strength. And and it's tough when you've got games every weekend; you don't really have a period where you can, uh, you know, sort of take some time to to rest and properly rehab. Uh, Fully the injury, so it's just trying to get through the weeks and um, sort of be in as best shape as I can be for for the games at the moment, and then hopefully then come the summer there'll be a bit of, bit of downtime and and I can uh, you know rework on on trying to get back to back to normal. I suppose it's quite remarkable from that start to the season. Your form in the, since you've come back has, has been exceptional, and, and it's sort of coincided with the Blues going on a fantastic run in the league and the Challenge Cup. So it's. That's, that's quite an impressive run, I suppose, especially from such a sort of staggered start of the season. Yeah, um, we, it, it, you see, it's sort of coincided with a couple of boys coming back to back to fitness. Really, you know, you've got um, Anscombe has been back, uh, Gethin, who, who makes a massive difference um, on and off the field, um, and it's just there's other boys who just hit, hit hit a bit of form as well. Um, I think you know, you look at Owen Lane's really sort of stepped up. Jared started playing the rugby of his life and. It just seems to be seems to be working for us, and uh, it's, it's it's been really good. I really enjoyed playing the last couple of months. It's been interesting when looking from outside. You know, obviously, I think it was way back at the end of September that Danny announced he was going. We all kind of think, well, how's that going to work out for the rest of the season when you know someone is leaving? It's a long period to go. People ask, you know, will motivation still be there? But clearly, that hasn't been an issue in terms of. I guess his professionalism and what he's brought out of you. What was that ever a concern about? You know what's happening in the future because it was a long wait then as well until the new coach came in, wasn't it? Yeah, it was no. announced. Yeah, no. Danny sort of um, as a coach is. I've I've worked a lot with Danny over the years, and mm. he's he's one of them. Everyone always comments on how how sort of detailed and how um, sort of anally is about things, and it was never never a doubt for me that he was. You know, because he announced that he was leaving, that it was it was going to drop off at all, and uh, and jockey the same. You know, it's it's a lot. You know, we've still got to work. Uh, we work together all year, and um, being a rugby player, you sort of get and, and a coach, you sort of get judged every weekend on your performances and your results, and yeah. it's a lot nicer place to be um, mm-hmm. when when you're winning. So there's always there's always that motivation. You know, it's, you still want to enjoy coming to work. You know, we we enjoy the company of the people we're with, and. It was it was never a case of oh well we'll just roll over and wait for next season. It was always a case of you know we're gonna go out and, and see what we can see what we can do. And during this winning run, was I think ten for eleven, eleven from twelve. You know, it's been a pretty impressive sequence. Is there one game that stands out that you took you know a particular pleasure from the last two or three months? Um, yeah, there's been a couple of really. we've 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 held on a couple of times where we've we've sort of blown teams away in the first half and then. Unfortunately, not being able to kick on in the second half, and ended up defending for our lives in in, in the second half. And um, you're, we, we always say there's no there's no better feeling really than sitting in the changing room after the game with the boys, and you've you sort of you know you've given given everything you really saw, and you've just ground out a win. Um, I suppose the the main ones that would stick out would be the um, the Edinburgh game and the and the Power game. You know, it's knock yeah. up knock up rugby, and we knew that. That was either you know we progress our season or that it comes to an end there and then. Um, the, obviously, the power one at home was was brilliant at, at the Arms Park. The, yeah. the 
the atmosphere was was up there with the best I've I've witnessed there, and that's, that's saying something really because it, it's it's always a really enjoyable place to play, and the the sort of team that Powell brought as well. They had some superstars playing, and to you know, to do them over like we did was was uh, you know, it was memorable. And in the midst of all that, you had a rather eventful journey to South Africa, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> We also the, the pictures of you all sat in the various airport lounges and yeah. um, doing a past fifty-five hour journey. What was that like uh, heading out to uh, Bloemfontein? Uh, it, start, it started <laughs> off. It started <laughs> off as a bit, you know. Obviously, it's in, it inconvenient. It started <laughs> off just thinking, "Oh, I can't, you know, I can't believe this." But <laughs> towards the end, it was just it was laughable. You just, you sort of, it was an air like we'd go on the plane and we have to get back off, and it, that that happened twice. And every flight was delayed. Um, until the flight home, um, so it, was, it, was just, it just got to the point where you had to laugh because it was just, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, but you know, good, good story to tell, I guess. Good, good memoirs. Yeah, it's just obviously <laughs> disappointing, really, then that we we couldn't, um, you know, not blaming the travel or anything, but disappointed that we couldn't couldn't beat the cheetahs and, and put ourselves in the mix for, for the playoffs. Yeah, maybe. you could have been in the playoffs this weekend, couldn't you? So I suppose it's a mixed bag because in a way it does give you a little break now before the final, but I guess you'd have yeah. been quite keen to go on all fronts, you know, and pushing for it. But now we're margin sometimes, isn't it? Just that one penalty try decision right at the end. Yeah. Still haunting you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but you know, it's you sort of you can look back and say we've just given ourselves too much to do really in, in, towards yeah. the end of the season. Um yeah. You know, to lose to lose one one league or two league games now um, in, the, in the second half of the season is, is good going, and yeah. it, it just shows the um, you know, sort of the, the task that we had really was was just too much for us to make to make the playoffs. But um, hopefully, like like I said, the, the rugby we've been playing and the momentum we've built, um, hopefully we can finish off with a bang next yep. week. That's the thing you mentioned it there. All eyes now are on Bilbao, Gloucester. How are you sort of building up to that one already? Yeah, well, we've started sort of prepping a little bit this week. Um, we, we we felt like I, I was quite happy when we when we came against Gloucester. We obviously they they knocked us out in the in the quarters last year, so we sort of almost feel like you owe them. You know, it's sort of it'd be nice to go back and and, and get one back on them. But they they're obviously a, a a club with a big big pedigree. I think it's their third final in the last four years in uh, in Europe. Um, so they they've got big game players who've experienced this, so maybe we we haven't got the uh, uh, sort of boys who've experienced finals rugby, but um, it'll be a, it'll be a test for us, and it's one one we're looking forward to, and one that we'll be um, giving everything for. Really, it's a, an unusual place to be going to play rugby, isn't it? Yeah, it is, it is a bit strange. <laughs> Obviously, um, Cardiffy, Gloucester, and in Bilbao, in Bilbao <laughs> is a strange one, but it's you know it's. They, we'll be travelling. They'll be travelling. Be, we'll be both in the same same boat. And um, speaking to people who've played out there before, they say it's a it's a great place to play. Um, hopefully, the the weather will be nice, nice out there as well, which I think would would probably suit us a little bit more. Um, but this it'll, it'll be good. It'll be playing in a in a different environment as well, somewhere that not many of us have played before. It'll be uh, it'll be exciting. We're hearing some great tales about how Cardiff Blues fans are. Managing to get there by plane, trains, automobiles, <laughs> and that will make it important for you when to have that there and show the effort people are making to get out and support you. Yeah, there's always a big, uh, big blues presence really. Whenever we go away, um, there's always uh, they're always the banging the drums, singing the song, <laughs> and waving the flags, and and getting very, very drunk after the games. So 
uh, I'm sure that they'll all be there. Hopefully, as many as many more can uh, can come out as well. It does make a big difference for us. Um, that's what we've really noticed at, at the Arms Park, and uh, hopefully, we can get as many Blues fans out there as possible. Yeah, because obviously, I think in 2010, the Blues won this competition when it was called the Amlin. Went out in Marseille against Toulon. And I think it was about 95% Toulon fans out mm. there, and they won on that occasion. Is that a game that you can still remember? We, what, how old have you been then? Yeah, I was uh, 17, 17, I think. Yeah, so my, my first season with the Blues was was Academy. the season that was a year after that. Yeah, right. So, um, you know, Rashi, Tito, Casey, they're all still there, still playing. Um, and it's. it's um, an occasion that everyone speaks about when so when they leave the club or when they retire they always speak about how the Amnim victory was their um, was their highlight and uh, it's obviously been a while since we've been in a in a position to um, sort of make any make any highlights like that so it's um, it'll be an opportunity for us to make some some history ourselves and one that we're really looking forward to. Take us, give us a bit of an insight into what it's going to be like in that dressing room in Bilbao for a big game like that. Who are the ones who are bouncing up and down? Who are the ones who are doing all the talking, and who are the ones who are just sat quiet in the corner? Um, I think as we've as the season's gone on, we've got a lot more people who who are willing to talk, which yeah. is which is big. Um, Gethin, you know, Gethin is obviously our, our captain. He's he's great. He's, he's he can be very, very harsh, but he's very, really wrong. So, he, so <laughs> when he speaks, you listen. You listen to him. Uh, Nick is Nick as well. He's, he's very, yeah, he's a very quiet man. But when he speaks, he, he just the way he plays the game and experience he's got, he commands a lot, of, a lot of respect. So he listens up as well. And uh, obviously our halfbacks as well, and especially Anscombe's got got a lot to say. He's he's, he's knowledgeable and and uh, he people people listen to him as well. But um, there, there won't be any need to. Get revved up for that game. I think you know, it, it, you, you, any of us have played this game long enough to to know what we're playing for, and it's what you it's what you train it's what you train for all year really. It's what you you know you go up and run around in the rain in in December <laughs> for to, to give yourself opportunities like this. And if you need um, sort of geeing up for it, then you you're in the wrong wrong game. What's your own kind of personal pre-match ritual? Are you you kind of go quiet into yourself. Do you read? Do you what do you do? I just like to. I sort of stay um, stay as calm as possible. Really, just to just try and get my, my physical prep done and make sure I'm physically as uh, as ready to go as, as possible. Uh, me and uh, Josh Navs are, are the same. Really, we just we we'll be stretching and sort of getting as mobile as we can, and then maybe a couple of minutes before kick off especially if I'm captain obviously you've got to say, say a couple of words but I just try and keep it keep it simple just um, a couple of simple points One, maybe one in attack one in defence and the main ones we got to focus on um, so we're nice and focused going into, into the game How much does the coach actually talk in that sort of half an hour because obviously you have the warm up on the pitch did the coach tend to say a lot or is his work done in the week generally? Yeah I think once it comes to, once it comes to game day you know you've um, if you haven't covered something by 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 uh, match days, it, it's not important. So you mm. you, um, you just got to sort of trust your trust your preparation, and and uh, the coaches then will maybe half time they'll come in with a message or two that it, that maybe if say a team's changed slightly from what we've prepped, they'll come in with um, how we can adapt to that. But other than that, it's just um, sort of. Basing ourselves on our game plan and playing our best, sort of showing the best version of ourselves that, that we possibly can. Mm. 
obviously as well as the Challenge Cup for next year you've qualified for the Champions Cup that's a big boost to the region you're looking forward to that challenge have you, have you played much sort of top tier European rugby before yeah so my um, my European I, one of my first games actually for the Blues was uh, I was on the bench and he's too long away and funny enough that game was on the VD went down the, probably the only game he's ever gone off injured mm-hmm. is he went down after seven minutes so I came on in, in Nice in front of 50,000 people or whatever it was and and played when I was uh, 20, 20 I think so it was, it was obviously a big big bit of a baptism of fire for me um, we played we actually played really well first half I think it was really close half time and they, they blew us away second half but it's um, it'll be obviously it'll be tough you know, you've got you've got some some quality teams but our, like our group this year was you know, Toulouse Lyon and, and Sale and you know, that's, as far as groups come that's, that could easily be a a Champions Cup group, so um, it's just it's lack of the draw, I guess. You, you you've got to beat. You know, if you're going to make it anyway in the competition, you have to beat some good teams, and it's, it'll be a, a big test for us. So what's the important thing for next year is um, obviously you mentioned Danny going, but if you look at the squad, there's been a lot of work of retaining people like yourself. You have to talk about possibly leaving, you stayed. Um, so the group is, is is staying together, isn't it? Uh, the group that's brought the success the second half. There's not many departures. It's pretty stable. Do you think that's quite important moving forward? <clears throat> yeah, I do. It's um, the, la- the last couple of years. You know, our, our squad has stayed pretty, uh, you know, pretty consistent, and we're sort of growing, growing uh, as a squad. You know, everyone's getting, you know, a year more experience, a year older. Um, a year playing uh, top flight rugby does it makes you better as a player. Um, so our, our squad is Im- is improving. I still think you know obviously there's a couple of players leaving. You got you got uh, Fau, Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's you know a couple more uh, that we need that we, we do need to um, try and uh, replace or, or, or recruit in certain areas. But that'll be up to up to John when he when he when he arrives. Or I'm, I'm sure he's he's already on the case. Um, but this. Especially, you know, if if we do want to compete in in Champions Cup, it's definitely an, an area we need to to look at. Have you had a chance as a squad or individually to to speak to John Mulvihill yet, or has there been any kind of feedback from him about um, what he's expecting when he's arriving? No, I think I think he's been pretty um, pretty clear in saying that he you know, he um, wants to let us sort of finish the season. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't want to get involved. So. Um, which is, you know, respect to him really, just to allow allow Danny and Jockey just to um, sort of do do their own thing, and and sure, then he'll, it won't be long after after the final, he'll, he'll he'll come in and start putting things in place for next year. But it'd be you know it'd be exciting to to meet him and see if we can work work on uh, something for next year. How, how much did you know about him personally when he was named as coach? Zero. To be to be honest, I've I've never heard of him, but. The, um, I spoke to Geraint and, and Dickie when they were looking for coaches, and they, they, you know the, it wasn't a, a rush decision. They sort of looking looking for a long time, so uh, you got to trust trust their judgment. And, and uh, I've no um, just sort of see, uh, give him give him a chance and see what see what he can he can bring bring to us as a squad. It was interesting to see the likes of Matt Kitter, wasn't it? I think and. Um through the other Australians that he's worked with, talking about it, what he brought to their game, particularly in terms of uh, you know skill training, and he does a lot. Of, I spoke to him, and it seemed that he is very keen on sort of the skill element coming back into the game. Mm-hmm. I think he said something along the lines of that for a number of years, 
rugby went bigger, bigger, bigger in terms of size. Yeah. And now you're getting huge front five forwards trying to acquire skills. So the yeah. game, the game goes in, in cycles. And I guess the way that you've played this season under Danny and, and um, Jockey Sherratt, you know, and with the pitch you've got, you've looked to play a pacey, tempo, skillful game. So it sounds like the kind of rugby that he's keen on kind of fits in with the way you've been going, really. Yeah, it, it does sound like that. Obviously. Um, uh, glowing reviews from from some some big players, which is, which is uh, encouraging. But it's it's you no know, like like you said, we've played some we've played some great stuff this year. So it'll be um, just about trying to sort of get us firing, improving certain areas, and and making sure that we can do that all year round. And we're not um, like I said, we're not sort of getting off to such a slow start that no matter how well we do towards the end of the year, it's, it's sort of too little, too late to make. Uh, to make the playoffs or make make any waves, so he'll be trying to hit the ground running really at, um, in September. We hear was quite emotional after the pro game, uh, with Danny and last game in charge of the Arms Park. So I suppose it would be a, a perfect send off for him and Jockey to finish off with the winning the trophy, and send them on their way that way. Yeah, it would. It would. Um, it would be nice to. It would be nice for all of us really to finish finish with some silverware. But for the boys leaving, obviously Danny Jockey and. Uh, Especially as well, um, you know, Fowl's been here eleven, twelve years. Cathy's mm-hmm. been here seven years. It's, you know, you, it's sort of friends that you, you know, friends for life, really. That you, you, you've been working with every day, and that they're, they're moving on. So it will be emotional. Um, it was one of the first times I've seen Cathy uh, get emotional. I think as well <laughs> after the power game, especially the fact he, he obviously got injured and knew that he was he was going to be missing the final. Um, but it'll be sort of uh, the onus will be on the boys stepping in for him then to. Um, to put a performance in, and it'd be really nice. Like I said, it'd be nice for all of us to to uh, finish, but it'd be sort of the icing on the cake for the, for the boys leaving. You're gonna miss Felice's work in the gym. Some of you are all to aim for. Is he still as much of a freak as ever? There, uh, I don't know. I think he's uh, <laughs> he's 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 got, got, got a bit lazy in his old age. I think, but uh, uh, he's a, he's a freak. For always. He's, he's he's the loveliest bloke um, I've ever met. I was uh, so sort of, we always joke. Joke around in the gym about how he, how he you know, he doesn't do anything anymore. But <laughs> I, I know you still, you can still beat me in every single exercise in the gym. So it's, uh, it, it'll be, it'll, it'll be strange. Uh, he's been, yeah. he's, he's sort of been part of the furniture really since I, since I got there. Um, it's mad how he, he sort of turned up when he was 28, 29 for the last couple of years of his career, and <laughs> 12, 12, 12 years, eight days still going. But he, my first season, he received a, a gift at the end of the year. A leaving present because he's retired. <laughs> <laughs> that was six years ago. So, um, but no, he's been he's been he's awesome on the weekend as well um, against the Ospreys. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be emotional. It'll be strange, um, sort of kicking off next season without them. You see yourself playing at forty? No chance. <laughs> <laughs> is that that? I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, if you look at it, I mean. We, we see the players haven't retired for various injuries and I think most players the average kind of retirement now are 32, 33 the likes of uh, Smiler Gethin Jenkins you're probably not going to see that so much over the years just because of the attritional nature of rugby do you think that's fair to say? Yeah I think that is that is fair to say um, but it's not a coincidence especially those three it's not a coincidence they've, uh, they've made it that long um, just the way they look after themselves is uh is a sort of lesson really to anyone. Anyone upcoming. It's something I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot from, especially Gethin. I've learned um, a lot on the pitch off him, but you know, off the pitch as well. Just how sort of how diligent he is really in um, in his extras, his rehab, his, his warm ups and preparation. Just 
he sort of it's been forced on him I suppose the last couple of years um, because of um, because of his age I guess but he's um, you know it's still incredible that the, the performances he manages to, to turn out um, but they're all the same they're always sort of doing extras you know extra time with the physios um, you know sports massage and, and rehab and stuff and it's like I said it's not a coincidence they, they're going at the age they are Gethin man from your part of the world of course um, you say he can be a little bit harsh. We know that he's also can moan for Wales on occasions. Is he mellowing at all, or is he? Uh, he's got another year to come now. Yeah, um, I don't know. About <laughs> me. You, you sometimes you think, oh, maybe he is, and then you'll do something that you know. So well, I don't know. So normality's been restored. But he, uh, like I said, he's 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 very. Um, very driven, very very competitive, um, which is another reason I think he's lasted so long at the top. Um, and I think the competitor in him can sometimes uh, sort of make it look like he's coming off the wrong way. But I I love it. I think it's you know, the, the fact he is so competitive is is um, you know that's why he's still at, still at the top of his game. And it's yeah, he does say some stuff really that he but he well, I, I find he's, he's he does he'll when when it all cools down he'll come back and say look I you know I was, I was out of order then. I think I think you should have done this. But like I said, he's very rarely wrong, so yeah. he'll, he'll apologise. He won't, you know, he won't take it back. But he'll, he'll apologise <laughs> for the way he took yeah, it. Yeah, he'll apologise for the, the manner in which he said things. Really, yes, I've been there. So, bringing it back to the aftermath of that Poe game, I think one of the things that really impressed you, Simon, was <coughs> the fact that all the players sort of stayed afterwards and held court for such a long period. Yeah, there, of time. there seemed to be a spirit of togetherness there. You know, just the, all the boys long after the, the game had finished. You know, just enjoying each other's company, and it's not something you see that regularly in modern day sport. You know, and, and I think that togetherness has been. It seems like that's been important. You've built kind of a group ethic. Is that is that right? Um, yeah, I think we just you know, we're, we all get on with each other, which mm. is you know it's a big part of any any business, I guess. Really, is uh, people pulling in the same direction and. Um, the, I think the better you get on, the, the easier easier it is to to work together, um, and you almost you you become able. You know, I go back to what Gethin you know tells people, but it becomes easier to tell people what you really what you what you think. You, you don't sort of there's mm-hmm. no clashes in anything. Obviously, there's still you know you, you still get some confrontation, but it's it's a lot easier. And when when you enjoy going to work with with people that uh, you're friends with, it's it's a lot easier. Um, you say after like after the game is. It was our last home game, so we wanted to make an yeah. effort. Obviously, it was Cathy's uh, last game with the injury, and you know, it was nice to all get together in, in the bar and have, have got the beers together. Yeah, because I mean, I, I suppose the thing is that it's a very attritional, it's a very hard sport these days. So, but it's still a sport which is built on friendships and the social side of the game. Perhaps not so much at a professional end, but it's still, you know, you have to kind of go on the field and trust each other, I suppose, don't you? And you know, you rely on each other to look after each other on the field. So those kind of friendships, I would imagine, are quite important because a fractious team is not generally a successful one, is it? No, no. It, like, it does. It, it obviously helps when you know when it comes to the last couple of you know couple of minutes of the game and you're working hard for each. Everyone's working mm. hard for each other. That sort of um, that builds a, the you know the sort of team ethic and the team team spirit as well. But like I said, we've lots of us now have played together for five, six, seven years. So yeah. we, we we know each other uh, very well. Um, we, we, well, we most of us get on most of the time get on with uh, with each other um, and it's it's you know, pretty you know, as, as tight a group as I've been involved in and it's, it's uh, it makes it a lot more enjoyable so who would be your Blues player of the year then I'd be 
be a close one I think I think um, I think Seb was Seb was re- been really good all, all season mm. big player for us um, I think Jared could easily Jared's been on fire it's a big season he's had isn't he yeah really, like, he's, he's incredible playing with him is is uh, is enjoyable I think Owen Lane's probably made a, a late late surge for it as well so interesting he's going for three very young players there right? yeah so, which is kind of encouraging for the future I guess. yeah but again like on, on, the, on the flip side I think Nick is probably back to playing the best rugby he's ever played yeah. um, and you always go no, I was saying it was Mr. Ryan, but I don't know. I don't know. It's a tricky one. Yeah, I suppose well, the good thing is, is that you'll be a few contenders. Yeah, there, yeah, it is. That's that's saying you know, any sort of any successful team needs needs uh, lots of lots of players uh, stepping up, and I think we've had, especially second half this season, we've we've had that, and yeah, uh, there'd be lots of boys putting the name in the mix. What's it like playing alongside Nick in that back row? Because I mean. I, you know he's going on a bit now the old badger but I mean I suppose in terms of carrying that ball forward for you and the physical work there's there's yeah. not many to play better alongside I wouldn't have thought no no there's not but it's, it's not just everyone sort of thinks that they go oh, he's, you know, he's massive he's, <laughs> he's physical which he, he is he, you yeah. know he, some, that's something he hits people on the pitch and I'm like oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it, little touches as well you know he's over the ball he's one of the best I've ever played with or against you know, I've yeah. played, played against him when he was, when he was playing for Ulster and if he gets it, you can't move. You literally cannot move him. No. He's, you know, he's 130 odd, 30 plus kilos, and he's so um, another one who looks after himself really well, which is why he, he you know, he, he's still playing. And um, so, if he got to the stage, you know, he, he's obviously on fire for a couple of years with Elster, and you know, you think, oh, maybe he's getting on a bit now. And the Blues signed him, and like I said, he's he's probably playing the best rugby I've ever I've ever seen him play um, for us at the moment, and he is a he's a big. A big player for us, um, but his, you know his, his handling is excellent as well. He's, he's got nice little touches and sucks in defenders and can put people in space around him. So he's uh, he's a yeah, he's a big player for us. Yeah, you can imagine he'd be quite a good bloke being in the trenches with really, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Alongside you, yeah, rather than yeah, against yeah, you. You won't get many people mess with Nicky. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he's a big man. Big man. You mentioned Jared Evans as well. Um, I think he told one of our colleagues yesterday that you're the best player he's ever. Played with, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> without inflating your ego too much, I just sort of take that phrase. Yeah, I think that's just because I do all this tackling. For him, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's you know, that's that's a nice uh, nice thing for him to say. Uh, not sure I'd not sure I'd uh, sort of agree with that, but he, like, he's he's brilliant. He's he's shown this year. Um, maybe last he's always been dangerous balling, and uh, he's maybe struggled a little bit with you know as any young house at half would with uh, you know the game management side of it, but. Um, he's, he's he's come on leaps and bounds uh, this year, and he's you know he, like, you know he, he probably is my my blues player of the year. He's he's um, he, he, when he plays well, you know he's picked up what, four or five man of matches in the last couple of weeks, and he's uh, he's exceptional. I think it's interesting you pointed it there because I mean the first time I saw him probably was eighteen nineteen, and you could see the running ability was there. Mm. I suppose for a fly half, it's. You know, what you have to develop is the all all round game, the kicking game, the tactical game, and if you look at the various games this season, it seems to come to Edinburgh with more of a tactical kicking game, wasn't it? For example, and mm. his, his passing work, and it's good to see a player who's been around for two or three years making that breakthrough season. He's still very young, isn't he? That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, he is. He is. He's still. Um, he, he is still very young, and like, like I said, any you know, any young half is going to have good games, going to have going to have bad games, but he's um, you know really sort of stepped up. I think this year. Um, 
the thing you know lots of you, lots of teams you play with you're like oh we need to target the 10 he's a weak defender and you know I joke about making his tackles but he'd be quite happy if I wasn't there I think he's he's one of the, he's he's so brave and you know he's, he's had a couple of couple of injuries because of it but he um, he's, he, he's one of the sort of best defending the 10s I've played with as well um, so it's just just about trying to marry that game up and making it as consistent as, as possible which, which he has done the last couple of weeks and uh, I'm, uh, I'm sure there's a lot more to come for him. So he's your blues player of the year now. That's, that's not the compliment from him that's tipped it over the edge, is it? <laughs> no, I think he was in the mix for the first, the first time you asked me, I think. But uh, so, no, he, he, like, I, like I said, he's the last couple of games, he's um, especially, he, just just teams can't deal with him. Um, you know, the, like, the way he, against Ulster, the first try, he's just turned Ian Anderson inside out and, and walked in under the posts and did the same against the Dragons at the start of the year. Um, there's a couple of times he's done that, but just putting other people in space is um, he's one one of the best at. So he's he describes you as the best player he's ever played with. Who who would be the best player you've ever played with or oh, against? Or against? Yeah, uh, Gethin. Yeah, Gethin is is just his ability to um, do everything um, sort of beyond his his position. Uh, requirements really is like over the ball he's one of the best and something you don't really notice with him until you train um, train against it train with him or play with him is just he does not stop talking which is lots of people don't don't really uh, take into consideration um, as a as a quality of a, of a, of a player but it's, the only time you don't notice is when it's, when it's not there but there's certain players who, who are like that but Gethin's probably the best that I've uh, that I've I've um, I've played with. Okay. The, the other one would be Toby Faldo. Oh, yeah. There is nothing he can't do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean that as well. I'd be happy with him taking goal kicks. He's he's brilliant. We see about getting talking there. Is that like saying you, you should be there positional wise? What kind of stuff? What what is the dialogue? <clears throat> Just um, you know, it's, with um, with the way teams play these days, it's all about patterns and getting into shape and mm. trying to manipulate defenses. And um, he, the earlier you talk, the earlier you can get in position. And um, and sort of and in, in defence then as well. You know, if if you're coming, sort of you say I'm working inside you, or you know I'm I'm going up, or I've got ten, or yeah. he's literally so non-stop. So he's got on both sides of the board. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, he doesn't stop. Doesn't stop talking because I could I could understand him sort of being vocal on the defensive side, you know, saying you know I'm on guard, bodyguard, all that. Mm. It's quite interesting that a prop would be that vocal sort of attacking yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously the halfbacks will tell us where to go, yeah. but then um, even then you've got to sort of communicate with the other forwards where you know in which sort of say you've got different roles, which role you're in, and what you're going to do, and um, it's, it's it's quite hard to explain really until you until you experience it yeah. or until you notice it on the pitch. It's, it's quite hard to explain. He's a bit of a frustrated fly off anyway, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. <laughs> I think so. He, he he tells me now when when we do sort of fitness and, and running and stuff, he he tells me how quick he used to be. So. <laughs> uh, I think he I think he is. Yeah. So um, we'll move on to to Wales as well because you made your Six Nations debut this season um, against Italy. How was how was that? His first first cap on home soil, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it was. I would like to have played a little bit longer, to be, to be totally honest with you. But obviously, to to run out in in the Millennium Stadium for the first time uh, for Wales was was really nice for me, for my my, you know, my parents to be there as well, and, uh, and my sister and a couple of my mates were there as well who um, haven't seen me play play for Wales before. Um, it was, was nice, and obviously to get a win 
was was good as well. Um, it, it sort of spurs you on really to you. Uh, you sort of taste it now, and you want you want a bit more. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you know it's well documented. You, you play in the most just about the most competitive position in Wales. Uh, so many sevens, you know, coming through. I mean, when you look at it moving forward in, in terms of this summer's tour and move next year again do you just have to accept that this the nature of the beast in Welsh rugby that there are just a lot of players in the same position as you are maybe you said to me before you, you kind of almost think that it's, it, it stems from mini rugby because the seven is always involved can you mm. explain that a little bit I just think like like, I, like we spoke before mm. um, you go and watch any sort of mini mini junior team and or any lower league uh, rugby team, and the, the best players. Low, obviously you'll have, you'll have exceptions, but usually the best players are like the seven, the eight, mm-hmm. nine, the ten. So um, you got to you got obviously you got to be quick to, to play <laughs> nine and ten. But, um, it, 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 when you play a seven, you you sort of you're involved the most. You have the most touches, the most involvement in, in a game. Um, so when at yeah, when you're younger, obviously your best player will you want involved as much as possible so he'll inevitably end up playing playing in one of those positions so it's um, yeah I, th- I think it probably comes from that and uh, like you said it's sort of it, it is it's uh, the, at the moment I say it probably is the most competitive position in, in Wales and it's, it's probably good for, good for Wales and and, and good, good for us as well that we sort of have to stay on top of our game. Now, having had the injury for the first half of the season, I, mean, I guess you probably feel fresher than maybe a lot of the players. <laughs> in theory, <laughs> fresher than the other players might after a full season. And you've got the Wales too. And does that very much on the horizon stand as a target? Something you'd like to get on? Is that obviously the game against South Africa in America? And then the two tests in Argentina, tough old tour, but one you'd like to be part of. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I've been lucky enough to go on tour last two last two summers now. Um, it's, it's good, you, obviously, you get to experience um, different different countries, and mm. and, uh, and anytime you get the, the chance to represent Wales, is something that you, uh, you you do everything you can to to do. Um, it's why I was pushing pushing to be back for my hamstring fall. I wanted to. Um, First of all, be involved in the, the Christmas derbies, but um, for the Blues, um, but to put my name in the hat for the for the Six Nations, and I, I was lucky enough to be to be uh, involved in that squad. And I'll be, you know, hopefully when the squad gets announced next week, um, I, I've, I've done enough to be involved. What's What's the biggest difference would you say between the kind of week in week out life of a regional player, and then when you go into camp because you were there for six seven weeks this summer, coming back, you know, every now and then to play for the Blues, but. And you've been on tour as well. It, it, is there a big difference in terms of the way it operates, or is it just the fact that it's perhaps more intense during that period? Yeah, I think you've just got you've got um, you know limited opportunity. I think when with mm. uh, you know with, with Wales, we'll obviously go in the summer now, and you've got through these three games, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, whereas with um, with the Blues, you've got you know you sort of got the whole season, so mm. you're. Um, your, your patterns, your lineouts, and everything, all the calls you you know, so you can go away for three, four weeks with Wales, and you can go back and you can fit straight back in. Mm. Whereas with Wales, you go in and you you sort of need to learn a new pattern in, or a new calling system in 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 that week. So that's the that's the tough thing. But other than that, it's it's obviously a, a step. The in um, the games, the quality of the games are, yeah. are, are a step up. You're playing against um, obviously a better opposition. Um, uh, and um, training and playing with, with I suppose the, the 
the best players from from the regions. So it's it, it, it is definitely definitely a step up. Yeah, you get Blues and Wales calls mixed up all the time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think that's not that's that'll be quite a kind of common thing as well. I think it's, yeah. uh, it does uh, it does does cross over. When you go on a field, then how many say different lineup calls have you got generally? It depends. Who um, different coaches are, you know, different, and it'll depend on what the opposition you yeah. you're playing against as well. But you've always got your sort of your staple lineups that you yeah. run every week, and then you may come up with you may think like, oh, a, a team play without without a tail gunner, so we'll run a back peel against them, or yeah. they they don't mark the front of the lineup, so we'll go the front peel against them. So they they come in week by week, maybe what like one off special sort of trick plays. Um, but your your general lineup menu once you've covered it in in preseason usually is um, is then sort of tweaked and adapted throughout the season. Who's the, who's the main lineup core at the Blues? As well, I suppose it depends who's, who's available. Yeah. It changes because of that, I guess. Yeah, it? obviously Danny has a big say, big say in it. His set pieces is his sort of speciality in there. Mm. So um, there's been quite a few this year actually. Uh, Turnbull's called the last last couple of games right. I've been involved in. Uh, well, she's obviously. A, uh, accomplished line on caller Macaulay um, Cook we'll call him now and again mm. um, but, and as you know Seb Seb I think is uh, is just starting to to give it a go as well um, which will be, it'll be good for him I think um, but yeah it's, it sort of depends who plays really yeah I suppose going back to the the Wales back row uh, this year we've seen Aaron Shingler and Josh Navidi sort of nail down starting spots how, how do you sort of see that is that like a sort of oh, Two more names in front of me in the pecking order. You sort of see it well. That's the established order gone. You know, just see as a chance. You know, if you put in a few good games, the, the, the jersey is feasible. Yeah, I think that's that's more the way you more the way you have to look at. It. Obviously, Josh and Shane's have played really well last last couple of years. Um, obviously, Shane's didn't make the. It shows how quickly you can can sort of get into it because Shane's didn't make the initial squad last year, and then. Uh, to to go to um, somewhere you're called in when James King pulled out, and then since then I think he's played every game, every game for Wales. So um, it's, it shows how you know a bit of form you, you sort of get back to get to playing some some good stuff, and you can be straight in the mix. So it, it's you know the more pressure we can put on each other, the better really for for us and for for Welsh rugby. Um, and you know going forward, it's, you you just got to sort of. Uh, back yourself really and uh, and try and do everything you can to to work your way up the back in order I guess with both Aaron and Josh it just does show that when you get the chance of an opportunity knocks you can take it as you said Aaron wasn't on the tour originally since that tour he's virtually been you know ever present mm-hmm. Josh obviously had the situation in the autumn with yourself James Davis Sam Warburton Tips all injured mm-hmm. chance arises takes it yeah. so you never kind of know although we'd say it's the most competitive position in Welsh rugby you know in that time you had Sam Cross coming in as well because of the number of injury situations didn't they so uh, you never know when the chance is going to come I suppose and when it does come you have to take it yeah it's a, again like I said the, the fact that what the, your seven's involved in most um, sort of most instances in the game you know usually like most tackles most rucks most, most contacts it means that you're more likely to pick up injuries yeah. so um, it's like you, you, you saw in the autumn. I think it was probably uh, six or seven boys who could have been considered for the seven jersey for, for yeah. Wales who were all not fit, not yeah. fit to, for selection. And 
to to have someone like Josh then step uh, you know step in shows the, the strength and depth that we've got you know, the fact that he's you know he's well, in my opinion probably Welsh uh, player like player of the year I'm sure you'll know more about that <laughs> he um, yeah like I said to have that, that many people injured and still have someone of Josh's quality uh, um, good to go and he he was uh, he was awesome so his like I said it's just good for it's good good for the depth really it seems watching him that he just never stops hmm. whatever he's doing whether he, and he seems to you know pick out the biggest bloke to run into or the biggest bloke to tackle as we saw in the Poe game mm-hmm. the 22 stone monster prop broke his jaw <laughs> yeah <laughs> never shirks a challenge never, never shirks a carry just gives everything doesn't he yeah he does he's done that for the last couple of seasons he's been he's you know, I think Blues play the year three years in a row mm-hmm. um and uh, he, he's a he's a joy to play with, really. Um, he's he, he, give, he gives everything. He's it's quite funny. He's played so many games. He, he's one of those players you talk about was maybe not so fresh at this time of year, but he sort of walks around in the week like, oh, I can't play. And, <laughs> you know, it, and then all of a sudden, get, just turns up game day and it's just you know, fantastic. And uh, it's you know, he make he makes my job a lot easier. I don't <laughs> I'd hope he'd say the same about me, but. Uh, we we enjoy playing together. We feed off each other. We sort of know what uh, what each other want, and um, it's a, yeah, it's, it's good fun playing with Josh. Do you find that an easy sort of balance, sort of with two sort of more natural open sides playing together? Did you enjoy that balance? Yeah, we, we sort of um, you know we know what what each other want. Um, it's, we sort of we're all pulling in the same direction, which makes it a lot, a lot easier. With, you know, there's, there's times last year when me, Josh, and Sam were all playing together, and it's. It makes it a lot easier because you've got sort of um, you can sort of share the workload a little bit, and uh, it's it's definitely been the case this year with with me, jo- me, Josh, and Nick as well. You know, Nick, like I said, Nick is as good over the ball as anyone. So it's um, yeah, it does. It definitely uh, it definitely helps. Okay, we'll, we'll sort of call it wraps before we call it a wraps. Um, just finally, just any sort of funny story. What's the funniest thing you've ever sort of experienced on the pitch? Just a nice little one. Bear in mind, we had Bradley Davis on the podcast a few weeks ago, and I don't think we could use any of his. <laughs> yeah, I, say, I can't compete with uh, I can't compete with Brad. Um, funniest thing on the pitch. Well, in say that, in um, I don't know if you like me saying that. Yes, you will. <laughs> in uh, in Samoa, when in the summer we were all really ill in the week, um, I think it was well, we. Were, Obviously, in a hotel in Samoa, I think it was either the water or the food or something was was not quite right, and everyone had um, sort of DMV. And uh, so Ryan Elias, his first start, he obviously had his first cap against Tonga and his first start against Samoa, and he soiled his pants in, in the middle of the game. <laughs> so I was uh, called doing a Gary Lineker, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure you'll be too keen on me saying that story. But, uh, that seems as, as good a place as anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. to, to call the podcast an end. Well, thank you for coming in. It's been, it's been really interesting. It's been a it's real funny. insight into you know what, what the life of a rugby player is like, and we, it's a hard job, but a job you still enjoy. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It, 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 it is tough. Um, you know, sort of you getting judged every weekend, and this emotional side more than anything is you know you sort of you have a big performance on the weekend and lose, and it's sort of you, you can't wait then to get back on, on yeah. the pitch the next day and or the next week and. And you know, then sort of dealing with the you know, picking up bumps and stuff as well. Maybe you don't feel quite as 
as fresh as you'd like to, um, but everyone's in the same boat really. Once you know, once you're two or three games into the season, you yeah. you, uh, you sort of can't really remember the last time you went fully fresh into a game. So just trying to do that every week is uh, is is tough, but it's it's what we uh, it's what we love doing, and it's you know, sort of we're very very lucky to be able to do it. Massive thanks again for coming in, Ellis. Uh, if you've liked the podcast, give it a like and a subscribe on iTunes. You can catch all the latest rugby news on Wales Online.